0: All right, what's happening, everybody? What's up? I'm your host R.J. Carbone, and you are listening to episode four ten of BD Four. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for stopping by. The Yankees clinched, man! They clinched the East, and that's what we're going to be discussing here in the podcast. Tell you, it's it's been such a wild season um I'll give you my you know my thoughts and everything but I was doing some some numbers crunching as the nerds like to say and the Yankees in their first 65 games went 49 and 16. 754 ball in their next 56 games they went 24 and 32. 429 ball. And in their next 31 games, which go all the way up to tonight, where they just took 2 out of 3 from Toronto, they are 20 and 11, which is 645 ball. So, you know, it's it's been such a long roller coaster ride. But um, it's a good thing that things are starting to look a little better here before we flip the page and and, and get the real season started, um, you know, a week or so into October. So welcome. Thank you for stopping by. And I figured we'd talk about it. Let's recap this Blue Jays series. Talk about it a little bit. Talk about what's ahead. It's not going to be too long of an episode. It's going to be a quick one. Normally we go about 40 minutes or so going to try to make this one about not 40 minutes uh, I'm going to try to cut it in half uh, maybe like 30 we'll see how long we go I'm going to try to cut it short but I say that all the time and we all know how that works out right so let's do it let's talk about this series the first game of the set took place on I don't know Jesus what's today as I'm recording, it is September 28th, a Wednesday night. Technically, it's past midnight now, so technically it's Thursday. So the first game of the set took place on uh, Monday. Yankees in Toronto. And this was the game that they uh, they lost. You had, Garrett, oh, not Garrett Cole, you had Luis Severino going up against Kevin Galsman. Gausman. Former Oriole. But the Yankees lost 3-2 in extras. Uh, Basically, it was pretty quick, uh, the scoring. Top of the first, Gleyber Torres, sack fly. Top of the second, IKF home run, 2-0 Yanks. Bottom of the fourth, T. Oscar Hernandez doubles in two, ties the game up. And then in the bottom of the tenth, Guerrero Jr., the walk-off single, Three to two, Blue Jays win. Guerrero, this is my house. This is our house in broken English. Um, You know, this was the game that really frustrated me at the time. I went out and and, and I just ranted on my notes. So I don't want to get too deep into that because it doesn't matter now. It's all semantics. The Yankees won the division. But it was very frustrating at the time because we had not won the division. Um, The win streak ended just there. And, you know, the momentum looked like it was heading in Toronto's way, which they are the second-place team at the moment right there. Not right there, but, you know, they couldn't do the magic number. They couldn't clinch the magic number yet, and it just didn't feel good. But it was very frustrating because I kept thinking to myself, and I'm sure many other Yankees fans were thinking this, why, first off, why are you pitching to Guerrero there? Okay, I was going to say, why do you give him anything to hit? No, why are you pitching to him? Because you literally just saw Toronto walk judge intentionally um, a half inning earlier in the top of the 10th. Guerrero as the runner on first means zero. It's a tie game and the Manfred runner was on second base. So if that runner scores, the game's over. Guerrero has no chance of scoring. So why pitch to their best hitter when you can just take him out of the game basically? Right. You had the rare chance to control whether or not you wanted to pitch to one of the game's best young hitters in the game's most crucial spot, and you chose to pitch to him. So it pissed me off, especially looking that you had Kirk, Alejandro Kirk up next. Kirk is no Guerrero. He's decent, right? But he's a guy who makes contact and he puts the ball on the ground. He had already hit into two ground balls. He's also 300 pounds. So there's a potential ground ball double play right there. So you you literally had an opportunity to legitimately eliminate Guerrero Jr. as a threat from the ball game by simply putting up four fingers, and you, you but you chose to take that chance for whatever reason, and you lose. Um, now yeah, I was pissed off and all that shit, and um, the best conclusion that I could come up with, and I swear I'm not just saying this because I saw it. I was thinking about it after the game, and I'm like. The Yankees like to experiment. They like to get answers in weird times. And then I saw a tweet by Talking Yankees um, saying, or was it John Boyd? Same thing. But it said that the Yankees were, he, he was saying that he thinks they were trying to get a look at what Clark Schmidt looks like against an elite hitter to see if they can, you know, to see where his... Where he stands in the in the postseason pecking order, do they put him on there? So maybe that's what it was, you know, but, but, you know, that's, that's every reason why I get on Boone a lot is because you're doing experimental bullshit in the weirdest times. It's kind of like when they put Britain out there to debut this season a couple of days ago. But at the end of the day, again, the the Bats needed to do more. If anything, the lineup wasn't good in the first game of the set where the Yankees scored two runs only on six hits, five singles, um, three walks. I think I have the five singles wrong, but they had a lot of singles. Three walks, one sack fly, 14 strikeouts, double play hit into 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position. Seven left on base as a team, one stolen bag, and also one caught stealing. Um, Rizzo, two hits, double, double play hit into four left on base and a caught stealing. Um, it was great that he had a couple hits, but shit to see ground into a fuck ton of double plays after the game. You know he he ground he hits a lot of grounders into the shift, um, but you know after the game I was I was curious to see how how badly the shift affects him. And and he's, uh, at the time, I don't know if it's changed since, but at the time he was, he he is grounded into the fifth most double plays amongst all left-handed hitters in baseball, 13. So, yeah, a lot of people are saying that his batting average is going to skyrocket next year with the shift going away. I hope that's the case. You know I don't know how much it'll. I mean, it's already at 220, so maybe he becomes a 240, 250 hitter again um, if he opts in and plays with the Yankees again. But um, and also I have no clue why this guy continues to uh, trying and, and steal bases. He's he's six He's a white man with a bad back. You know, <laughs> so I prefer him to just be a little more conservative. Um, going forward. But he did have two hits. Judge, Glaber, Cabrera, and IKF also hit the ball. One hit each. Judge, two intentional walks. I'm sorry, two walks. uh, Two strikeouts. Made a nice play in right field in the first game to take away a hit from Bichette. Glaber had an RBI. IKF had an RBI, a walk, a home run, and played more pitiful defense. Donaldson, Stanton, Bader, and Trevino were all hitless. Donaldson two strikeouts Stanton three, Bader three strikeouts also kind of missed time the ball at the wall early on for that home run. Uh, Trevino two strikeouts. The turning point in this game for me was not even the whole Guerrero thing. the turning point of the game was in the sixth inning when you had runners on first and second with one out and a tie ball game, uh, the heart of the the heart of Boone's order up at the plate and, and, and Donaldson and Stanton. Uh, But they both go down swinging. The two moneymakers hitting four or five. uh, They go down swinging in a big spot. I'm not shocked. um, But, you know, the Yankees are are, are bad with runners in scoring position. Um, And that's what happens when you have a lineup full of sub-250 sluggers. But that's a convo for another day. Uh, Severino pitched, you know, four innings, two runs, Three hits, three walks, four strikeouts. Got the no decision. I don't think he looked very good. Uh, his control was off. Not much there. Um, he did attack with his fastball. But other than that, I did not love this outing from him. I thought he was okay. Now, you know, IKF was, was horrendous in the field, as he usually is. So there's that. Um, and, and, you know, do we really need to go over IKF again at shortstop? You all know how I feel about that. I'm done with that. I'm, I'm tired of talking about that. We know where I stand. It's not going to change. The Yankees are obviously hell-bent on him there, um, unfortunately. But, you know, he, he's pulled after 76 pitches. and It's like if we're trying to stretch Severino out before the postseason, why keep limiting him to 60-70 pitches every time with such little starts left? Down to one now. Hopefully in his last start, they let him go a little more free reign and they could just let it all out and get ready to ramp up as a starting pitcher. Hopefully they use him as a starting pitcher in the postseason and let him go at least five if he's on. And let him pitch through trouble. Let him be a starter. I don't understand the milking. I don't understand why so many want him to come out of the bullpen, even when he is healthy. Um, I kind of understand it because he's always hurt. But if you're going to have him come out the pen, just save that for next year. Let him finish out the year as a starter. And then we'll see what happens. If he gets hurt one more time, he's got to go to the pen for the rest of his career. But I want to to give him one more shot to start. Because he looks so electric. And he's so valuable as a guy who can pitch six plus innings for you. So, I didn't think he was particularly great in this one. Didn't get help from his defense, IKF. And, um, you know, was only given 70-something pitches to to work with. The bullpen, five and two-thirds innings. One run, no earned. Four hits, no extra base hits. Zero walks and three strikeouts. Actually pretty good. They threw strikes and they limited traffic. Trevino, a scoreless inning, as well as Efros. Marinaccio, a scoreless third of an inning. Lasagna, one and two-thirds, scoreless innings. Holmes, a scoreless inning. And then Schmidt, two-thirds of an inning, gives up the run there in the end. Kind of sucks. Um, I, I've talked about how I'm not really the biggest fan of Schmidt. Kind of tired seeing him give up runs. But, you know, we all wanted to see him come up from AAA months ago. We were on the Yankees case for that. Um, and now, maybe we know why he was in AAA all that time. I don't know. That was the first game of the set. The second game of the set, the Yankees won 5-2 to two against Toronto. And, um, Yatayon going up against Jose Barrios. Bottom of the first, George Springer hits the home run. It's one nothing Toronto. And then the top of the third, Rizzo and Glaber single in runs. It's 2-1 to one Yankees. Top of the 5th, Glaber singles. It's 3-1 Yankees. Top of the 6th, Hicks doubles. Glaber singles again. 5-1 Yankees. And then the Yankees give up a run in the bottom of the 6th to Guerrero's single. 5-2, but they go on to win. Um, and, and they clinch. The Yankees clinch. K okay, trolls Guerrero at the end there. Uh, <laughs> pretty good troll job. I, I was... I got a good laugh out of that. My dad was cracking up. Um, but they clinched. Their 95th win of the season gave him a clinch. Told you all not to worry. Um, Yeah, lineup scored five runs, 11 hits, two doubles, four walks, 13 strikeouts, a double play hit into two outfield assists. George and Hicks, five for 13 in scoring position. 10 left on base as a team. And Toronto's defense is god-awful. Bo Bichette. I think they said he has over 30 errors? Or do they say 20? 30 is absurd if that's the case. Holy shit. I hope they said 20 just for his sake. That's a human being. 30? Uh, Glaber and Hicks. Uh, not Hicks. Glaber and Higgy. Three hits each. Labor, three RBIs. Higgy, a double. Rizzo and Cabrera, two hits each. Rizzo and RBI also got thrown out a third again. I mean, dude. Hicks with a hit. It was a double. An RBI. Uh, Judge drew all four Yankee walks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Donaldson and Stanton were combined 0 for 10 with 7 strikeouts leaving 9 on base. Absolutely dreadful and whatever other adjective you can find to describe this repulsive performance. Ty on 7 and a third. Two runs. We'll touch more on him in a sec. Uh, Lou Trevino An inning and two-thirds, no runs. He was excellent. And that was it. The Yankees won. The third game of the set took place tonight. Wednesday night. The Yankees won 8-3. Garrett Cole going up against... Who the fuck did he go up against? I don't remember. Garrett Cole. Pitched for the Yankees. And whoever the Yankees faced... Why can't I remember who... I don't know. They scored right away off them. 3 nothing hole in the first inning for the Jays. Donaldson singles. Peraza singles. Gonzalez sack fly. Bottom of the sixth. Cole gives it all right back. Uh, Your you're, you're once per outing home run to Jansen. Bichette gets the infield single. And then Guerrero the sack fly. It's 3-3. Top of the seventh, Judge Homers. It's number 61 to Ty Maris, we'll talk about that. And then Bader singles in a run a little later. 6-3 Yankees. Top of the ninth, Bader, Fielder's Choice, scores Cabrera. Then Donaldson scores off the error. The pitcher, um forget who his name is, makes the error. And then he sulks. And while he's sulking, he forgets to back up home plate. And the, that's when Donaldson comes from third, makes that read, scores. And the Yankees win 8-3. Eight, eight runs on 11 hits, three walks, eight strikeouts, one sack fly, three for 14 with runners in scoring position, eight left on base as a team. Hicks led the team with three hits, three singles and walk. Peraza had two hits, two singles, in RBI. Donaldson and Bader, in RBI each. Cabrera, a double and a walk. And then Judge, his 61st home run the guy who dro- the guy who uh the ball was hit to ends up dropping the fucking thing in the in the Jays bullpen and um Toronto bullpen coach ends up getting it and it's funny cuz his wife tweeted on twitter uh i guess i'm retiring now <laughs> and apparently he gave it right back could have made 2 million bucks off it thought that was funny but the dude dropped it the dude in the seats he had it he fumbled oh he must feel like shit he was he literally touched two million dollars and then just couldn't do anything with it it's like when you're in a dream and something good is happening but you just can't do it right when you're about to get there you wake up that was literally that in reality and then, you, you know, the camera showed, uh, Yes Network was showing Roger Maris Jr.'s reaction, hugging Aaron Judge's mother. Uh, Roger Maris' facial expression kind of told me he was a little upset it happened. And obviously he would be. But it was pretty funny to me. Um, but, yeah, he, he finally got the monkey off his back, number 61, um, to tie Maris. And, you know, maybe Bonds was right on ESPN the other night saying that once you get one to go the 61 that's the big stressful one and, and he might start hitting them in a bunch now um, he could get a day off tomorrow I, I think they're trying to see if he can get 62 first and he'll probably get a bunch of days a, a few days off a bunch of DH days but um, yeah no it, it, was, it was good to finally get that out of the way <laughs> lord knows I was kind of getting tired of it myself um, yeah, man, what else do we have? Garrett Cole, six and a third innings, three runs, three hits, a walk, four strikeouts, and a home run. Um, just one thing, all right, because cause we, we spend so much time on Garrett Cole, I feel like Teams I'm noticing that like teams with power who barrel up the ball a lot and make consistent contact like Houston, Boston and Toronto, teams like that indicate trouble for Cole. I feel like if Cole does not have his best command of that fastball, he's in for a tough time. If he faces a team who makes a lot of contact and has power. And two of the teams we just mentioned there are gonna be in the postseason. The chances are, do the Yankees get past the first round that there's like a nine I would say there's a ninety eight percent chance they're gonna be able they're gonna be facing either Houston or Toronto. And I don't know what his numbers are versus those teams as a Yankee, but it wouldn't be shocking if they beat him around. Given he has a three and a half year array and he's 13 and seven, and every time he faces a team, every time it goes out there, he's giving up a home run. I mean, that's the bottom line 32 home runs, 32 starts. I, I'm not going to. The bullpen, two and two thirds innings, no runs, one hit, three strikeouts, a walk. Britain, a third of an inning, two walks. Please. Don't put that guy on the roster. Uh, It wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't be fair to him. You know. Uh, F. Ross, a third of an inning. Schmidt, one inning, one hit, one walk. Guy just puts traffic every time he comes in. And then Chapman, an inning, two strikeouts look good. The featured position players of this series. Well, one of them. Anthony Rizzo, who went four for eight. Three singles and a double. Had an RBI, no strikeouts. Got hit by a pitch twice. And um, five total bases in two games. On the season, Rizzo now has the numbers up to 228 with the average. 836 OPS across 125 games. 342 on base and a 494 slugging for Anthony Rizzo. He's got 32 home runs. That's tied a career high, which he's done a couple times. 75 RBIs and 6 stolen bases. Gotten caught five times. But he's having a good year, man. He's having a good year. Gets frustrating at times, but he had a good series, and he continues to swing a hot bat since he's gotten back from that injury. Uh, and secondly, our other feature position player of the series, Glaber Torres, who is just hot. And he's been hot for like 15, 20 games. Four for eight. Four singles, four RBIs, two strikeouts, four total bases in two of the three games. He sat in the third one, as did Rizzo. Got the numbers up to a pretty respectable spot now. 257 with the average. The OPS is at 764. Been saying all year. Be nice to get him to have a 260 batting average and an 800 OPS to finish out the season. He'd have to keep hitting and stay really hot in the final two series. But I think there's a chance he can get close. So he's having a good year, man. And it's 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 fun. It's fun to watch him swing the bat as well as he's been swinging it lately. Um, and in terms of the power department, he's got 24 RBIs. 20, 24 home runs, 74 RBIs, and 10 stolen bases. Um, yeah, it's it's like we always say every, 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 every time. Like, it's all about the approach, the right center field approach with Glaber Torres. If he goes up there trying to pick up base hits, he'll hit, and the home runs will come because he's got power. He's got a strong swing with a strong lower body. He'll hit the home runs if he's not trying to pull them, right? Just let it come to you, and they will come. He's not going to be the guy he was when he, when he first came into the league and hit 40 home runs damn near his sophomore season. But if he remains this locked in a little more often next season, can you see him have a year like he did when he first came up, his first rookie year when he hit like 270-something? Be a batting average guy. You don't have to be a home run guy because if you're a batting average guy, Again, in Gleyber Torres' case, you have this tool set to where you'll still hit 20-30. to 30. So I like the year he's having. And if he keeps this approach, he'll be fine in the postseason. And he's raked in the playoffs. We've talked about this. This is my X-Factor. Glaber Torres. So I like what I'm seeing from Glaber. And I want to keep seeing it. In our featured starting pitcher of this series... Jamison Tyone. I mean, how could you not? Tyone, seven and a third innings last night. Two runs, six strikeouts, no walks, seven hits. Six of them were singles, one of them a home run. 94 pitches thrown. On the year, Tyone, 14 and five with a 383 ERA. Across 171 in a third innings pitch, which is a career high. 146 strikeouts, 161 hits, 30 walks across 31 starts. He also has a 244 batting average against a 111 whip and 25 home runs allowed this season, which is a lot in 31 starts. Um, but he's having an okay year. He's average. He's okay. He's a good number five. Um, and he pitched very well. He was working quickly, and that's what he's been doing lately. Working very quick, throwing strikes. It was really just the one George Springer home run to lead off the game, and that was that. He ended up just shoving. Um, now, the question is does, you know, does Jamison Tyone crack the Yankee rotation in October? I don't know. The Yankees could do it. What I want it, I still I would still prefer it be. Um, in no particular order here, Cole, Severino, Cortez, and, and Herman. Um, but there's a world out there where the Yankees could use Tyone as a starter. Um, you know, maybe depending on how the first round goes, we'll see. It's hard to say now, you know, I guess they're just going to play, you know, he's got one more start. Um, we'll see what happens. But I I still want nothing to do with him in, in, in a playoff round. I'm sorry. Um, I I want to see on out there. You know, I'm definitely gonna gonna say that. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's there's nothing else to say, man. We clinched. I don't really, you know, I I, I just the rest of the way. Just figure out some certain things. It, it's like it's like a spring training. Right, you got to see what um you know, see what DJ looks like. See if you can get Carpenter and Benintendi back. You know, and if Benintendi and Carpenter do come back, who the hell's going off the roster? Do they get enough reps to be ready? No way in hell you can cut somebody like Oswaldo Cabrera who's playing amazing defense every night. He played second base all of a sudden tonight and he did it exceptionally well. Of course he did. The guy would catch if you told him to do it well. And now he's starting to pick up one hit every night. There's usually a walk in there. And it's usually an extra base hit. He's hitting. He's hitting. He's fielding. Oswaldo Cabrera has had such a good stretch. It feels like he's been here all year. There's no way you can take him off the roster in two weeks. Um, Stanton is not going to play outfield, though. He's going to strictly DH, and that that makes a lot of things harder. He's the anti-Lemayu where he's not versatile. He can only do one thing, and that's DH. And you're probably not going to play him in right field. And if you do, it'll only be in home games in the small Yankee Stadium right field, where he doesn't have to use his range that he does not have. Um, Bader is in center field to stay. That's his spot. So he's not going anywhere. It depends, you know, is Hicks going to make the roster? You know, you got to see, you got to see how this works. If DJ comes back, what does he look like in these final several games? I think he's coming back Friday to start the Orioles series. That's 6 games he's going to get to ramp up. Does he does he even start in the playoffs at this rate? You know, his injury doesn't sound like it's going away. It might not even be better period. It sounds like something that he's going to have to deal with in the offseason and figure it out there. Stanton's got to start hitting by the way. You know, take these final 6 games, see if he can find it before postseason ball. This is super important to me, man, Stanton. Like, he's got to get it together. He's at 208 on the year. He's not, he's missing everything. He's lost up there. Timing's out of whack. His swing is, he's doing the helicopter swing, the tornado swing. It's important that Stanton gets going because not only for Stanton's sake, but for Aaron Judge's sake. Judge is going to need protection in the postseason. Or else, we are fucked. If he, if Judge isn't, if Stanton isn't hitting, Judge is not going to see many pitches. Yankee hitters this season. I went and did the numbers. Um, actually, I heard this stat on the Short Porch podcast. Yankee hitters this season. Following an Aaron Judge intentional walk. One for 16. That's an 063 average. That's the definition of not getting the job done. Not taking advantage of that. Not making them pay. So it's going to be huge that Stanton finds it. He better. And playoff Stanton, we like to joke about that, but he better he better be playoff Stanton again. He better find it. Like he did in the Rays series. Like he did last season for a little bit of time. He's got to find it. And he's got to find it quick. On the other side of things, you have to figure out this pitching shit in the bullpen. You have to get the bullpen straightened out. Marnaccio has been giving up runs lately. He's actually put up three scoreless outings in a row, so I'll give him that. But before that, he's, he had given up runs in four of his last seven. Clay Holmes, obviously we know about him. He's not been the same for a while. Lou Trevino has the ERA, but we discussed in the previous episode that he struggles when he's not given a clean inning. Peralta uh, is on the DL. He was your best reliever. He's on the DL. Uh, obviously King and Green, obviously done. Litke gives up a ton of hits. A ton of inherited runners. I don't know that I trust the guy with, you know, no stuff to get outs against elite hitting lineups in the postseason. Right now, for me, it's Litke, Marinaccio, and Efros. But, you know, we have to get some other guys going. And we also have to find a closer, unless we're going to do this committee bullshit. But, yeah, there there are a lot of things, you know. And we were saying, you know, weeks ago, that these last few starts for Cole at the time were going to be important to see if we can buy into him. Well, nothing's changed. He's still the same old overpaid ace, and I put ace in quotes um, because we've run out of time. We don't have. I mean, he's got one star left, and he could throw a perfect game. It wouldn't really comfort me. We just at this point we have to hope that Garakol, who is going to be the game one starter, whether we like it or not, flips the switch and, and shows what he can do. He's gonna have to. Do, we just have to hope. But um, yeah, that you have that. Uh, you have to see what you have in in, in Peraza. Please, please keep playing Peraza. The, the kid literally hits every opportunity he gets. He should be playing every single one of these final six games. He also plays excellent shortstop, the best shortstop in the Yankees' system. When IKF plays, probably the worst in their system. But that should have been a thing we figured out two months ago. But it looks like we're riding with IKF, and it looks like is not even going to be part of the postseason. But you never know. If they play him these final six games, and if he keeps raking, maybe he got something. But yeah, it's been a good season so far. The Yankees are 96-59. and They just clinched the East last night. They have to go 4-3 and three in the final few games here to get 100 wins, um, which is what I want. I would like to get that now. Um, just a cool number to see. And it's definitely a possibility again. It looks scary for a while. The season began. The Yankees were 49, like we said at the top of the show, they were 49-16. and Then they went went on a rough patch for over two months. A month's worth of of baseball games is, what, 25 games? So, 56-game stretch. Well, they were playing 420 ball. But they're playing better lately. And it's a perfect way to end the season. So we'll see what happens. We will see. Get ahead to break. And when we get back from break... We will wrap it up with the question of the day and and, and some more things. Stay with us. Be right back. Hey, guys. So if you are a listener of the podcast often and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod. And you can also find me on Instagram at RobJCarbone. All right. Welcome back to the show. Um, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty, so we're just going to get to the question of the day today. Yeah, Hopefully we can pull it up on the screen. If not, I'll just read it out loud. But, here we go. Alright, so our NYY, NYK MMA question of the day for episode 410. True or false, Hideki Matsui hit over 600 in the 2009 World Series. True or false, Hideki Matsui hit over 600 in the 2009 World Series. Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. True or false, Hideki Matsui hit over 600 in the 2009 World Series. If you get the answer correct, I'll give you a shout-out. Guys, that's it. That's all we got. Episode 410 in the books. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. And, um, I might take the next few series off and just do an end-of-the-season report card and, 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 you know, look ahead to the postseason and all that shit, but we'll see. Thanks, guys. Um... That's it. I'll see you in the next one. Whenever that is. Postseason's right around the corner. Alright, ciao. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.